You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Well, this morning I'd like to preach to you from Ezekiel chapter 37, and I'm going to just read this passage in your hearing, and then you can be seated. This is a familiar passage. You've probably heard this story or this passage before, but I'd like to draw some truth out of it today and hopefully help you, hopefully help you find an application. Ezekiel 34, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Hmm, looking at this situation, I'm not too sure here, but Lord, you know this. Again, he said to me, prophesy or speak, declare to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, or to the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and there and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy to them and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Will you pray with me that as the word goes forth this morning, your heart would be open to hear it and that God would confirm his word with signs following and that every need that is here in this place today would be met in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you pray with me, God? We're calling on you today. Your word is powerful. And if it gets into the right heart, it can do an incredible work. I'm praying for good ground. I'm praying for people to be able to hear the word of God, receive it, apply it, and experience it today, God, because you are a God of the living, and that's your goal in our lives. Hallelujah. So we, we just place ourselves in your hands today to see what you can do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The Babylonians under Nebuchadnezzar had laid waste to Israel. 
They took people captive. This is the captivity where Daniel and the three Hebrew boys were taken. The Babylonians ruined their city. They destroyed the temple. The ten tribes of Israel had been so widely scattered among the surrounding nations, they seemed all but lost. And the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi had just been conquered and carried away into Babylon. And the national identity of Israel seemed gone forever. Second Kings 24 said he carried away, this is talking about Nebuchadnezzar, all of Jerusalem, all the princes, all the mighty men of valor, even 10,000 captives and all the craftsmen and the smiths. None remained save the poorest sort of the people of the land. Israel was in a very bad situation. And Ezekiel was called to prophesy to these very broken people. So God takes him out to this valley. And in this valley, it's completely filled with bones. And not just bones, but the Bible said they were very dry bones. And that tells us that these bones had been there for a long time. They were long dead. In Bible times, When an army was defeated in battle, the victorious soldiers would often strip all the valuables from the slain and leave the enemy's bones unburied. In remote places where there had been serious battle, skeletons sometimes would completely scatter a valley for years until the animals would come and devour the bones or the bones surrendered to the elements. So Ezekiel lived at a time where you could literally find valleys of bones in Israel, places where the enemy, the slain enemy had been overwhelmed and there was no one to bury the dead. Ezekiel was not only a prophet, but he was also a priest. And this is important because he was not permitted to touch a dead body or anything to do with a dead body or he himself would be unclean. But here the Lord took him out to a valley filled with bones and said, Ezekiel, you've got a job to do. Why? Because I don't want these bones to be dead anymore. So it's your job to prophesy to these bones. He's in a valley completely filled with dry bones. Uh, Just think for a minute with me. If you saw a person who had been in an accident laying on the side of the road, you came on that, and that person was there motionless, your inclination would be to stop and somehow help that person, maybe give them CPR and try and revive them. But what if you saw a skeleton? It wouldn't be the same. No, there would be no feeling of, I need to try and resurrect these bones. God asked Ezekiel once he saw these bones, son, can these bones live? I think if I was Ezekiel, I would have gone, well, whatever you say. Because probably not. I'm thinking in my mind, what? These are bones. These people have been dead and gone a long time. But he, he had a little faith inside of him, and he respected the Lord. He said, well, whatever you say, Lord, that's what's going to happen. So here he is standing in this place where there was no life. There was only a remnant of what had been, but he had a job to do. God told him, declare the word of the Lord to the bones. Again, Ezekiel 37, he said, prophesy, speak to the bones, say, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He said, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. So he stood there looking at these bones, saying to himself, well, I've got a job to do. Is there any possibility that a bone could hear? No. But there is something miraculous about the word of God because it is powerful. And once the word of God goes out, it's going to accomplish what it's been sent to do. So here he stands in the midst of all these bones scattered all over this valley. And Ezekiel probably just closed his eyes and said, well, here goes. Bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
I've been sent to tell you, Bones, I've got a message for you today. He might have just opened one eye. I'm declaring the word of God to you, Bones. I'm standing here in the middle of all these bones, and I'm telling you what the word of God is. I'm declaring to you that it is your destiny to live and not be dead. It's your destiny to come back together and not be scattered. So I'm, I'm talking to you, Bones. So hear, hear the word of the Lord. And all of a sudden, something started happening. I think by then he probably did open his eyes a little bit. I feel the ground shaking. I feel something happening here. And all of a sudden the bones began to move and to rattle. It was like an unseen magnet started operating in this valley. And they found the bones started finding each other. The bodies that had been separated, all of a sudden the bones started coming together. And God began the amazing work of reassembling the bones. I thought this was very interesting. It was the progression of restoration. Here's what happened. The bones started stirring, and then the bones started assembling. Then the Bible says that the sinew and the flesh came onto the bones. And then skin formed around the tissue which covered the bones. And then the body was waiting for breath to come back into it. Do you know that it was a reversal of decomposition? What I described for you is actually the process of decomposition in reverse. And when God did this miracle, he reversed a a part of the body that had been decomposed. He completely reversed it. And he took the process and turned it upside down. He said to Ezekiel, you might think that things look bad, but I'm telling you when my word goes into effect, anything can happen. It was the decomposition process in reverse. It went from a mess to a masterpiece. And can you imagine where there had been only bones all of a sudden is reconstructed soldiers. The Bible calls them an army laying in this field. Wow. What a moment that would have been. (laughs) Only bones. And all of a sudden there's bodies, but the bodies were completely lifeless. They were like the first man, Adam, which had been formed by God, a perfect lifeless corpse until God inflated him. But Ezekiel's job was not finished. It wasn't God's plan to start the work and not finish it, to bring structure and form to those bodies, but for them to remain dead. So the word of the Lord came to him and he said, prophesy to the breath or to the wind, prophesy son of man and say, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them. Can you imagine that moment where he starts speaking breath, come from the four winds and fill these bodies and let them live. And the Bible says that all of a sudden those bodies, I can't even imagine, stood up on their feet erect like a mighty, exceedingly great army. And Ezekiel standing in the middle of all this going, well, well, this was really something here. We started out with a valley of dry bones, but now we have an exceeding great army ready to hear and react to the word of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. The power of the word of God in your life. Hallelujah. It's interesting that the ancient word for wind or breath here that is in this prophecy of Ezekiel is the very same word in Genesis 2, 7, when God breathed into Adam the breath of life and he became a living soul. The bodies which were once dry, disconnected bones were filled with the breath of God. They stood up on their feet and they became a great army. Hallelujah. From this miracle recorded in the Old Testament, I want to extract a truth that can apply, you can apply to your life today.
Because the pattern of this miracle is repeat a repeated pattern in the word of God, and it applies over and over again. In a place where there was no life, God gave Ezekiel a specific plan to bring the bones back. God told Ezekiel the first thing to prophesy or speak to the bones. Ezekiel 37, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That's the first part of the miracle. Prophesy, speak to the bones, speak to the dead and lifeless situation, speak to the chaos, speak to the deadness of it and say, hear the word of the Lord. And then number two, God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the wind. He said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, breathe on these slain that they may live. So here's the principle. Throughout the word of God, there's a pattern established of how God orders the miraculous. First part of the pattern is the word. The word brings structure. Truth brings harmony out of chaos. When things, when the word of God is layered in your mind and in your heart, things will start to come together in your life. It's the bones coming together. It's the precepts. It's God's word being applied in your life. And all, have you ever experienced this where all of a sudden the word of God comes to bear in your life? Things just start to line. Things start to come back together. You start to feel the peace of God. Why? Because there's order out of the chaos. Everything starts to come together. But then the second part of the process is the wind. Because it's not enough for those things to come together. Life has to be breathed back into them, the spirit and the breath. There are many examples of this in scripture, and I'm going to quickly take you through them this morning. Back at the very beginning, I spoke to you about Adam in Genesis chapter 2. And that was the structure. God formed man. He created the bones out of the dust of the ground. And then what did he do? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. It's the same word in Ezekiel. It's the same word here. It's the structure that God put together by his word. And then breath came into Adam. That's the pattern that God established right from the very beginning. What about Noah? In Genesis chapter 6, God told Noah, Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. And then if you read uh, Genesis chapter 6, there's verse after verse of very detailed instructions, which was the word of the Lord to Noah. He said, Noah, do it this way. Do it this way exactly. This is what I want you to do because I know what's coming down the road for you, Noah. I need you to follow my word exactly. I need you to do what I'm telling you to do here. Genesis 6, thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. So he did. The word of God, as it were, put the bones together for Noah. But then the flood happened and the earth was destroyed. And in Genesis chapter 8, then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the water subdued. Do you know that that word wind is the same word in Ezekiel for wind? And it's the same word in Genesis 2 where God breathed breath into Adam. It's the same wind. Why? Because once the structure comes together, once the word of God is obeyed and put into place, then the spirit of God can move in and bring to life the situation that has been dead. It happens over and over and over again in the scripture. 
What about Moses? He had miraculously led the children of Israel out of Egypt in a mighty deliverance. And God gave Moses very specific instructions to follow when they came to the Red Sea. Genesis, Exodus 14, lift up your rod, Moses, and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go out on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Listen, here's my word. There's something that you need to do. And if you will obey and follow my word, you're about to see the miraculous. Exodus 14, 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. Guess what? That word wind is the same word in Ezekiel wind. It's the same word of Adam wind. It's the same word in Noah wind. Why? Because God does it the same every time. Here's my word. If you can bring yourself to a place to bring it into your life and obey it, I will pump my spirit into the situation and bring life to you. Hallelujah. It's the same pattern. It's the same word. The tabernacle in the Old Testament, it was God's plan to dwell among his people. It's an incredible image or picture of of God's plan of salvation for man. Exodus 25, God said, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. There are literally chapters of minute instructions that Moses and the children of Israel had to follow to construct the tabernacle. God said, do not change one detail. I'm telling you exactly. I'm giving you my word. This is exactly what I want you to do. Why? Because once you get this constructed, I want my spirit to fill the place. Hallelujah. Exodus 25 says, you shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Exodus 25, 22, God said, and there I will meet with you. Once you get this built, I will meet with you. I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony. Exodus 40, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, on the first day of the first month, you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. And in Exodus 40, Moses finished it. They finished this elaborate building. And then the cloud covered the tabernacle of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to even enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Do you see the pattern? Here's my word. Here's the word of the Lord for your situation. If you can bring it into your life and believe it, then the spirit of God will come in and confirm the word and bring that to life. Time after time after time, it's a a repeated pattern. Now I want to show you in the New Testament how this happened also. To the woman at the well in Samaria, there was a woman living in a very bad situation. She was trapped in sin. Jesus came and started talking to her. And he said, listen, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. He addressed her and the sin she was in. He said, the man that you're living with now, he's not your husband. You've got some work to do, lady. Here's the word of the Lord. She said, you are telling me the truth. This is the truth. He said, the hour is coming, chapter 4, and now in is when the true worshipers will worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth. For the Father is looking for people to worship him in this way. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him, how? 
spirit and in truth. That word spirit there actually means a blast of the wind, the breath of God. Hallelujah. His plan for redemption of this broken woman was twofold, to bring order to the chaos of her life and then to fill her or pump his spirit into into her life. It's the same pattern. We see the pattern again in the raising of Lazarus. He was a dear friend of Jesus, and he died, and he was put in a tomb. Jesus comes three days later, and they're grieving because they love Lazarus so much. Jesus said, here's something you have to do. Take away the stone. Move the stone. Here's the word to you. Move the stone. They said, Lord, he's been dead three days. Jesus said, okay, move the stone. Obey my word. Because in obedience to the word is how the miracle starts. It's how it happened. Take away the stone. John eleven forty one. 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Down in verse 43, Jesus begins to speak. And when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go, because he is not dead anymore. Once the word of God is obeyed and comes to place in your life, then the spirit of God has a place to work. The same pattern happened as Jesus, after he died and he was resurrected, he appeared to some men as they were on the road to Emmaus. This is so powerful. They were disheartened because they thought Jesus was the Messiah. Here he was dead. He was buried. Their hopes were dashed. Luke 24, and he's walking with these two men and they don't know who he is. And he said, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart. To believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? Here's the key. And the beginning, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. He just kept layering the word of God to them. This is part one of the pattern. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, saying, stay with us. It's evening. Now it came to pass, verse 30, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, and he blessed it and broke it, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he veiled vanished from their sight. And then they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? The word of God was pumped. Their understanding was pumped into their life. And then all of a sudden something happened in their heart and they had a witness. This is the word of God. God is doing something miraculous. Have you ever had that happen to you in a service or maybe after listening to a message where all of a sudden the word is going forth and you start believing it and understanding it and then you can feel something happening inside of you. It's the spirit of God saying, yeah, that's the truth. Yes. This can happen for you. Why? It's spirit and truth. It's word and spirit. That's how it works. That's the pattern. Hallelujah. Now let's look at Jesus' last moments before he left, before he ascended. Luke 24. He said to them, it's the same pattern. These words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding 
that they might comprehend the scriptures. If you are on a journey right now in a Bible study where you are beginning to have the scriptures open to you, it is a blessed thing. Because as the word of God begins to open to you, that is how the power of God can begin working in your life. Then he said to them, this it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. It's the pattern. It's the word of God being layered in their life. But then 49 says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Why? Until you are endued. It means to sink. That word endued means to sink into clothing, to put something on, to clothe yourself. He said, I have taught you the word of God. You have heard principle after principle, the Moses, the Psalms, the prophets. It's me. It's my resurrection. It was my death. It's my burial. Now what? Go back to Jerusalem and wait. Why? Because the promise, the Holy Spirit is coming layered on top of the word of God and the promise is coming to you and you will put it on. It will come into you. Hallelujah. You will be endued with power from on high. And so the disciples, the other followers of Jesus made their way back to Jerusalem after he ascended to heaven. They began a 10-day waiting period for the promise to come that he had told them about. And they understood his word. They were waiting for the spirit. Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, you could probably quote it with me. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Then it sounded like Ezekiel's prophecy. All of a sudden, this rushing mighty wind starts coming into that room. They're like, wait, we, we know what's going on here. We understand the word of God. It's been planted in our hearts. This is the promise that he told us about. This is, it's about to happen. Something's about to happen. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. That word wind there is literally translated breath or breath of life. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. That wind just blew in and filled every place in that house. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled. Everybody all. All filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. As the Spirit gave them utterance, here the Word of God is layered into their lives, and then the Spirit of God moves into the room, and then it moves into them, just as the Holy Ghost had prophesied to them. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's the pattern over and over again. Hallelujah. I want to take a minute here, just a minute, and make this application because when you see this, and it will bless you as it blessed me, I'm sure. If you've been through Discover Calvary or Membership 101 or Ministry 201, there's a word that you have heard repeated over and over again, and that word is bless. Yes, bless. And so you could probably say with me what those letters mean. Belong, learn, oh, please help me here, experience, share, and serve. So today, I'm really talking about the L and the E. It's part of Calvary's DNA. Learn, to hear and learn the word of God, 
That is why Growth University on Wednesday evening and Coffee and Connect on Sunday morning and the messages you hear are so important because God is layering his word into your life and making room for the miraculous to happen to you. Why? Because his spirit comes built on the precept of his word. Each one is an opportunity to hear and understand the word of God. It's like the bones coming together in Ezekiel's prophecy that when you hear the word of God, all of a sudden, have you ever felt that way? It starts coming. It's making sense. It's coming together. The word of God is bringing order out of the chaos in your life. Has that ever happened to you? To me, so many times. I'm sitting there. I'm hearing the word of God. All of a sudden, like, wow, why didn't I think of that? How come I'm just now understanding this after all these years? It's layered. It's precept on precept. It's truth on truth coming together in your mind. And then E is experience. Why? Because just learning the word of God is not enough, but there's got to be spirit applied to the word. So it comes alive in your life. Oh, to let the power of God, the wind of God blow in your heart. Oh, that's why Sundays are so important to worship together, to feel the spirit of God together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To experience his power together, to be filled with the Holy Spirit together. Oh, I prayed this morning, God, fill the house and then fill every place where your word has already been planted so you can do the work this morning. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. I want to go back to the book of Acts. Then Peter said unto them, here's the bones, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, for the promises to you, it's to your children, it's to everyone who's far off, even as many as the word, as the Lord will call. I want to just keep on making a few more applications, and then we're going to bring this to a close. This works for salvation, but this works in so many places in your life. Is there anybody here who's sick today, who's sick in your body, and you need a healing James 5, is anyone sick among you? Here's the bones. Call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the word of God will do its work. And then the spirit will move in and the miraculous can happen in the name of Jesus. And the Lord will raise him up. (laughs) Doesn't that sound like Ezekiel? The deadness of all those bones. And all of a sudden, it's a mighty army standing on their feet, ready to go. And I'm telling you, I personally know of people who are here this morning who are suffering in their body and have specific situations that the word of God needs to be applied to. And then the wind of God blow in and healing occur. So I am praying this morning for salvation to occur and healing to occur in the name of the Lord. Psalms 107:20 says he sent his word and healed them. Hallelujah. He sent his word and healed them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This process works for those people who might be bound by habits or addictions. James chapter 4, submit yourselves therefore to God. Here's the bones. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 and 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and 
by the Spirit of our God. As I prepped this message, as Sister Tammy's here, I kept thinking about Celebrate Recovery, and I prayed for that ministry. It's not only the layering of the truth in the life of a person that can bring order from the chaos, but then it's the power of God which brings the deliverance. It's layered truth. It's precept on precept. It's life changes possible. But then it's the Spirit of God blowing into their life to bring that to pass. Hallelujah. This process works for anyone who's dealing with stress and anxiety. John chapter 14, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled. That's the bones. You've got to do the work of protecting your heart from the trouble because that's when the peace of God will come into your life. Psalm 55, cast your burden on the Lord. There's the bones. And he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. One of my favorite verses, Philippians chapter 4, be anxious for nothing. Here's the bones. But by everything, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, the wind of God, the power of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This morning, I'm not just preaching to you in theory, but I have lived this in my life where the word of God has come in and has brought together the bones, the chaos, the brokenness, the dysfunction, the it has, the word of God has woven a web in my life of stability, of truth. And then the power of God has come in and said, you can do it. You can live it. You can make it. You can do this. The change can happen one time after another. I don't have time to share it this morning in total, and I have shared it before, but I'm just going to say that after my husband died, I was attacked by fear and everything that I believed about God was challenged because of the trauma of his death. And little by little, the bones in my life had to come back together through the word of God, through truths that I knew all along, but they were lost to me. And all of a sudden they started through repetition, through quoting, through reading, weaving themselves back together. And I will never forget, after probably six, eight months of quoting the word of God during the middle of the night, night after night after night, where finally I stood in my bedroom, and I began to walk in that bedroom, and the Spirit of God filled that room. And as I quoted those verses, which now I knew by heart, I didn't need my little cheat sheet with the verses. I knew them all. And I began to preach as it were. And I thought, I don't even care if my kids hear me. I don't care if the neighbors hear me. I don't care if the governor of Michigan hears me. Something came on me. And I said, it has come back together. The word of God has come back together in my life. The spirit of God filled that room. And from that night until this, I have never had panic attacks. I've never woken up in the middle of the night afraid. I, I've never been disturbed in my, not for 20 years, 20, almost 22 years. Why? That's the power of this principle. It's not just spirit. It's word and spirit. 
Amen. Ezekiel's prophecy had incredible implications. It was a prophecy about the restoration of Israel, and it came to pass. It was a prophetic look at the resurrection. He was one of the first people to speak of resurrection, and it was a glimpse into the power of God to resurrect a body, which happened in the body of Jesus Christ. But it was also a prophecy of the final resurrection, the picture of what it's going to look like at the last resurrection, when God would raise up his great army of believers at the final day. And this is the prophecy that we are all waiting to see fulfilled. Would you stand? And I want to read this to you. <clears throat> First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. In the New Testament, this is the look back at Ezekiel's prophecy. He said, now, we don't want you to be uninformed believers about those who are asleep in death, so that you will not grieve for them as the others do who have no hope beyond this present life. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, as in fact he did, even so God, in the same way, by raising them from the dead, will bring with him those believers who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For we say this to you by the Lord's own word. We are declaring to you the word of the Lord. That we who are alive, still alive, and remain, and I'm praying I'm one of those, (laughs) until the coming of the Lord will in no way proceed into his presence those believers who have fallen asleep in death. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the blast of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. It's as if there will be a global coming together of every believer whose body has ever gone into the ground. Dust and bones and glorified bodies will come together at the shout of the Lord. Can you even imagine We think Ezekiel's prophecy was amazing, standing there looking at those bones. But what a day it will be (laughs) when that shout comes and all of a sudden, all the dead who are in Christ from all over the world at any moment, their bodies will come together. (laughs) That's what the scripture says. Then we who are alive and remain on the earth will simultaneously be caught up be raptured together with them, the resurrected ones in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The rapture will happen as the word of the Lord is declared. (laughs) And then the Spirit of God calls out his church. It's the same pattern. It started with Adam all the way through the scripture. And here at the last day, God is going to step out on glory and go, all right, everybody, everybody who's already dead, who is in Christ, hear the word of the Lord. 
And then the Spirit of God will bring those bodies back to life. And we who are alive and remain, hopefully, that's me. (laughs) I would like to be the second part of the rapture, not the first. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we will ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God, what a powerful truth. So here's my call to you today. Is there a dry, barren, bone situation in your life? A place of hopelessness. Things are scattered. Maybe it's an impossible situation. Are you struggling with the situation where there's chaos? Do you feel the weight of sin in your life? What does the word of God say about your situation? Because if you can bring the word of God into your life and begin to believe it, you have set yourself up for miraculous because then the spirit of God will come in. Hallelujah. You have to bring the structure, the order, the bones together. Is there someone here today that God is waiting for you to obey his word? You already know I I need to repent. I need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. There's something in my life I need to put it down. There's something I need to pick up and do. Is there is there a place of obedience that's waiting for you? Because if you can have courage to begin that process of obedience, you are setting yourself up for the miraculous. Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's serving. I don't know what it is, but God's waiting for you to make the move. Do you need the breath of God to blow into your heart today? Do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit His promises for you. Maybe you've got an old promise that God made to you and it has not yet been fulfilled. And today you need to prophesy and speak the word of God to that promise to bring it to pass. If you're sick today, hear the word of the Lord. Tell your body to come into submission to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have an addiction today, I want you to hear the word of the Lord. If you're suffering with anxiety, hear the word of the Lord. Maybe your marriage is troubled. Hear the word of the Lord. If you need provision, you're lacking, you need God's help, hear the word of the Lord. I wish I had the time to give you all these verses, but I don't this morning. Maybe there's chaos in your family. It's not God's will for that to be that way. Hear the word of the Lord. Maybe there's a future, a destiny that you're believing for. Declare it. Hear the word of the Lord. God, help me bring your word into my life and then let your spirit blow. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here today? They're going to sing here in just a second, but is there anybody here that wants to step forward and say, okay, it's me. I'm ready to hear the word of the Lord and I'm ready to let the spirit of God blow into my life today. Is there anybody who has not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you say, I want to receive it today. Hear the word of the Lord. The promise is for you. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.